0: uh hey guys and welcome to episode two uh, of metacast our podcast all about metabots uh today with us we have lisa jay uh, who played the budding reporter for the school newspaper erika in metabots how you doing
1: that's me (laughs) how are you grady
0: (laughs) i'm good uh so for for metabots uh what was your experience i guess recording lines for uh erika fun fun
1: fun like it was great um I didn't know that it would even reach y'all in New Zealand I think that's amazing I had like when I go into things I just do it because like I've auditioned I got cast and I love anime like at that time I was big ups on uh, Sailor Moon and stuff like that, right mm-hmm. so to be cast in another like anime I was stoked about it um but going in I think the most challenging part would be to fit all of those long diatraps that Eric, <laughs> Erika, it would actually, it was spelled Erika. Um, mm. I first like, and that like Erika would have to fit into like three seconds of airtime. So I'd be having my script. And what I learned um, from doing dubbing before is like, pretty much know your lines before you go into the session, because you've got the dubbing screen right up here. And then they'll go three, two, one in your ear. And then you just have to like somehow look at your script and your lines and match the wording. So from like previous dubbing experiences, I pretty much would memorize my lines before I went inside. So because it's a lot of like up and down, up and down. I would leave with like headaches, but it was fun.
0: Do you you enjoy, I guess, doing the dubbing stuff or the uh, straight up cartoon stuff more than?
1: Oh my gosh, I've never even thought about that. That's such a good question. I don't mind I I think the dubbing stuff even though it has more challenges because you have to match and like sometimes there was one time I had to do um like eight takes like like it was the one where she's describing the meatball like early early on she's like oh this wonderful meatball with the mushrooms and the and it's like, okay, take number eight, because, um, but for me, it's fun because I get to see the characters and I get to see like the finished product. And then you just add your voice. It's like, it, it adds a, it's a lot more easier to bring my character to life when I can see and imagine it, but it's a lot more skill wise, harder. So I would have to say original cartoon, <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: So <laughs> good. Um... With with either of them, do you go back and watch the shows after they've finished putting your voice into them in the ear?
1: I'll only watch like um, if we're in the studio and they're like, "Okay, come come and watch this." Like it matched up, or like you'll do the playback and it's like, "Okay, see the the voice doesn't match there." And then, um, no, I never watched. I never watched um, anything except for like the first series I did when I was like a young young girl. And then I learned like mm, I don't like watching things back because I'll be like, "That sucked." oh you sound like an idiot there <laughs> so I was like no no more listening back um but like in studio and stuff like I'll watch things back to see how I could improve it mm-hmm. so yeah uh
0: as as uh Arika did you have any uh, particular lines or scenes that you remember as you had a lot of fun recording mm-hmm.
1: I really liked um Like that that one clear example I gave you, even though it was like probably like the hardest day at work, like I'm not going to fool you. Like it's not, I'm not solving like the world's problems, you know what I mean? So like the hardest day at work was one of those things that stand out as a lot of fun because we were like, how are we going to get all of this dialogue? I wish I was like more prepared. I apologize not about New Zealand fans. (laughs) But like it's that episode where she's describing this like I think like it's like octopus ball, (laughs) you know, like dim sum, like Mm -hmm. she's describing her dim sum. And it was like and so we all had a laugh because it's like, oh, you know, the writer, it's like wall to wall dialogue, because I think they're afraid more with dubbing of like they're being like open mouth. (laughs) It's like nothing's coming out. So they're like, let's cram as much dialogue as we can in there and so that one was really um fun for me and then there was a couple times i think um i forget who his name is john uh, one of the other guys and he was always cracking us up like the parts that were fun for me is because the studio was um At this place like Queen and Sherburn and there was like a donut shop across and so like some people wouldn't finish recording and so i'd show up and I could like listen and like see how like the engineers like doing the. The the soundboard and then like hearing the, the director and then hearing like the other actor inside like I loved um that when like we would cross over times and like you get to have a laugh you get to meet the people who are also bringing like these characters to life so there wasn't really like one specific besides that dim sum thing (laughs) where we all had a laugh and we were like cutting pieces out and like okay what word can we reword and you also have to respect the writers who did the translating um oh, one other one's going to pop into my mind. I will tell you that in a second. But, like, crossing over and seeing, like, your mates and stuff. Like, so I would just say generally, like, I had a really good time. Like, MetaBoss, I was, I jumped on the chance to speak with you because it was, like, like it was one of, like, my most unsung favorite favorite shows to work on. Hmm.
0: Um,
1: The other one that was a lot of fun that I learned is apparently they had to blur a lot of things out. I didn't know that because like the Japan animators like of the like original so they're like did you catch that did you see that I was like huh they're like that was blurred because like there was like some hardcore like uh weapons and they would have to blur it for a Canadian tv Hmm. I didn't know that so I learned a lot everything's a learning experience I would just say generally it was fun 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 (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. um Talk about a bit of crossover and meeting your castmates and uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. I think you've done a couple uh, conventions as well after the fact. Um, yeah. I know there was at least one with uh, Joe Motiki. Um, yeah. Is it fun, I guess, getting the gang back together and uh, mm-hmm. meeting them back up again?
1: Joe and I are actually personal friends. Like, we... He... he <laughs> so... Um, Yeah, Joe is like a personal friend of mine. Um, And in like, we would, our our social circles, even in Toronto would cross paths and you wouldn't think of it like, oh, this is a guy who hosts the children's show. Uh, and now he's the starring voice of the Saturday morning cartoon. And then you see me and you're like, okay, she grew up doing kids work and no, no, but we would, we would hit the clubs. Like, and he's quite <laughs> astonished at like, he is like a hip hop head. If you ever, I could see if he, I don't know. Has he been on the, your show yet?
0: Uh, he hasn't. He's uh, currently filming something. So we're waiting for some free time.
1: Oh, okay, cool. So you've been in touch with him, but like, and like, I'm astonished at his hip hop intellectual like knowledge and he's he's just as much impressed as my dance hall like I'm a huge dance hall I was raised um with like DJs and spitters and like you know we would just do that like that's that's my youth and so when we would see each other in the clubs it was always a good time (laughs) never on a recording day though but like yeah um he's amazing amazing artist and amazing person
0: um, when you've gone to conventions like that, have you ever mm. been surprised, I guess, by, um, who shows up to meet you sort of as a fan? It's like, oh, wow, well, I didn't think you'd watch these sort yeah. of shows or anything like that.
1: Well, first of all, done, i done, I that was my first convention ever. And I would rather just be like, uh, go like here guys, anybody interested? Let's go have coffee or whatever. I don't think like convention thing is for me. Okay. it's just too it's too formal I feel like it I was gonna say rips the people I, I think it deprives the the fans who go there who save so much money I, I don't know why I'm getting emotional who like the real fans who come out it's like oh my god it puts face puts me face to face with reality like I just did back in the day we didn't have like conventions we it wasn't cool to like anime like I love I love the youthful generation now like it's so much more inclusive about things and so like when I went to this convention I was like oh my god it's putting face to face I was like y'all don't even have to pay a ticket to meet me like I would rather just like have coffee and stuff and I like I actually keep in touch with the people that I've met there um was I surprised to meet some of them nope because they reminded me of myself like i'm an avid i went to a sailor moon convention and i was like geeking out over there and like i just appreciate i appreciate the fans because i am a fan of other anime myself so no i wasn't surprised at all i'm just glad that i keep in touch with many of them to this day so i'm glad it put me in touch with them there
0: yeah uh so for for metabots uh you voiced it for the or well, arika for the first uh section of metabots and then for metabot spirits uh mm. bryn came on um, yeah. can you explain to us a little bit what happened there
1: okay um no drama no tea no nothing no negatives bryn is my girl bryn is an ally um i at that time i was heavy up i was on council in our union like um I am a rank and file like boss. I was on national like inclusion initiatives and um, in that time and then. But Bryn is like, she's such a talented lady, and she's also such a wonderful person. She started up her own committee with um, another friend of ours, a mutual friend named Eli, and they started the youth. And entertainment or I don't know but like to start up an own committee to like give credit and acknowledgement to other young artists out there like that's who Bryn is um I don't have a personal relationship with her but I mean like boy, when we see each other it's like hey Bryn and she's like hey, Lee, and I'm glad it went to her um because she. I mean I never watched mid Spirits I'm so sorry I'm probably letting all your fans down right now but I just (laughs) gotta keep it like 100 I'm not gonna lie and be like oh this is to come across good but like no I never watched it but I'm sure she did a good job the reason why I didn't come back was um at that time I had an opportunity to pursue theater training at Stella Adler's in New York City and unfortunately I I my heart is in the theater and i couldn't pass up a poor girl like me could not pass up like getting a scholarship to study at new york, in new york city so i'm glad that brin had it and i hope like you guys love her as much as i do
0: yeah. And I'm sorry means.
1: if anybody's mad at me for not coming back. <laughs> they did. They like, they, it's not like there's no drama, nothing. I love the producers. I love Dee Shipley. She's the voice director. I don't know if she went on to do the voice directing for Spirits, but like, I love Dee Shipley. I love Joanna Vetticola. I love Joseph. I love all of the stars and stuff like that. But like, if I was going to hand it off to anybody and just be like, go with it, child, it would be Brent McCauley. Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, yeah, you talk about doing, I guess, so many other things as well as your voice acting. How was, I guess, balancing that uh, during
1: your times? Yeah. How do you know that? That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. It's hard. Um, well, do you want to talk about what I told you in like the DMs? Yeah,
0: we can go. On okay, to that.
1: it's like that. It's like, um, so I started, like. Uh, An actor's life, like, if you pursue it for a time, you never know where your next meal ticket's going to come from. And even if you do have a meal ticket, like, I was so blessed to have, like, a weekly gig with MetaBots. You know what I'm saying? But, like, in the back of every artist's head who has, like, a contract is like, oh, we didn't, I didn't even know if we were going to go into second season until it came out and it was a success and everything. So I'm not gonna be like this is going to be a success bro it's going to be great and I'm going to come back for a second third season and I'm going to no so I I wasn't sure that we were going to go into second season and I started studying in New York City and um I would have to my slot to record was every Monday morning and so I was like okay so I'm going to sign up for this class in New York City and it's on saturday night sunday nights um and so i rented a car with my mom's drove down there took the class on sunday night and i was like in the car on the way back to toronto so i could be there on time at 9 a.m at the studio to record on top of that it's like yeah you've got money coming in from it but it's just like it's not forever money it's not steady money you know and i was like young at the time i was like 20 and stuff and so like um you it's i don't know how to answer this question like it's just such a loaded question it's hard it's you're studying you're you don't know what the future holds you don't know if you're gonna make it you know like even just to get metabots, like I was lucky and like it's like a lot of luck in this industry so it's just like you can't always rely on that luck and and be like oh I'm just gonna get cast in another thing or this and that so like you gotta have kind of like spread your octopus arms your tentacles and like you got to keep up with like I had a mid years job because I knew that my auditions And my bookings were always going to be like nine to five unless it was like on screen and you're like working 18 hour days. So then there goes the cashier job. You got to pick and choose. Like, am I going to get on this like like, like one episode thing that's on the same day I have to show up and bag groceries? No, you're going to let the groceries go. But then that episode that you quit your job for, that's over. So now what do you do? You got to go out and you got to hustle. And you got to find another like survival job. We call it survival job in the industry. So like how to juggle all of that is hard. But if you're good with time management and you're good with like walking away from things that helped you survive from acting job to acting job, like it's not easy to do that. There's a lot of fear. If you're okay with like facing a lot of fear, I think like this industry is good for you. Hmm. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to juggle all of that, especially like when I was a kid, acting in school, my teachers hated me. <laughs> Fail. Holy crow. Um, you got to really think hard. But you know what? If you could, like I have arthritis, right? If you could be like a bartender at night or a waiter at night or a busboy at night, and you really, really are passionate about this, and this is your calling, I would never dissuade anybody from at least trying. Like, I don't want to make it sound so hard, like, oh my God, like, don't do it. No, if you really want to do it and your passion is in this, do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess it's a, a good time to segue there um, with uh, your move afterwards into Los Angeles to do more stage and more film and um, yeah. sort of champion the inclusion side of things. Um, yeah. So can you talk about, I guess, uh, the transition over that way?
1: Okay. So didn't come back from... Wow, I'm realizing like how pivotal like MetaBots was in my overall like life choices because at that time the reason why I didn't, I chose not to return to MetaBots um, was to pursue Stella Adler's New York Um, and at that time I told you like I knew Bryn from like Mm. being in the unions and like being um like chairwoman i'm not chairwoman like on the chair on the council and like on the national councils and stuff so i was heavy into like inclusion and then um this opportunity to study in los angeles came up and took me like two years to decide. I know that's like a silly amount of time, but like when you built up like a big resume in like one city and you're like, okay, I'm gonna leave all of this behind. Like so many people were mad at me, but I'm glad I did it. Like, I do look back on it. I was like, did I make the biggest mistake of my life? Like I could have like, had like mortgage, like paid if I stayed in Toronto, like I gave up like gigs to what first, to go to Los Angeles. And then when I came back, I had like the travel bug and I wanted to go and live in Cuba. So I went to live in Cuba and I gave up another, like my agent at that time, God bless her, love her, Sandy Newton. Like she she was like, I can't, <laughs> so um, I, I bit the bullet. I faced my fears, did a lot of crying, did a lot of apologizing and I went to LA and it was kind of like divine timing because at that time there was like this big, huge um, initiative going on with like their unions down there and then I was the point person to like bridge the information between our union here in Toronto and then I would attend meetings every Tuesday on the same block as my acting school and theater uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. So yeah saying goodbye to menabots actually led me on to like that career move in in Los Angeles. I'm having like an epiphany I didn't realize <laughs> like how connected life can be you know And hmm. I don't know if I'm answering your your question if I'm not answering your questions that's no, like, alright. just be like Lisa no that's not what I asked you. This is what I asked you tell me
0: uh, it seems like you've had a very I guess a uh, hectic uh life and career in terms of moving here and moving there and um it's it's an interesting story i guess compared to um potentially some other voice actors who are more sort of the lifers they'll just uh stay in the one place and they'll just always record here it's a different career
1: okay i see what you're saying yeah and that i think is why it took me like to bloody years to decide do i want to do that because you're right like i was giving up security i was giving up like like i was i was going to the the union meetings like once a month my membership voted me in um like i did i have to i had to face a lot of music i said goodbye to like at that time it was like 17 plus years relationships to people in the industry. I turned down like what actor turns down like regular work and then but I was just I based it on this because I grew up sick. And I think like in the back of my head, the reason why I did it all when I could and what I could, like you said, it was it was hectic because I think in the back of my mind was like, I don't know, like how long I could like maintain mm. this physically. So I wrote out a list of things that I really wanted to do in my life. And one was travel, one was study, like just study, because I'd never just gone to school. I was going to school and working, you mm. know? And then, um, and then I have this like debilitating illness. So I really, really did pray, meditate, whatever, I pondered for two years and I, I did make that decision to pursue this hectic life because it's not so much like acting for me is straight up it ain't about the money and it ain't about the consistency. Um, So I think that's what kind of made it easier for me to make these crazy choices. Um, I came up in like the 90s and stuff as a person who's ethnically ambiguous. So it's not like the rules were being thrown at me either. And mm-hmm. then I was also like hiding my illness um, from the industry, um, which is why I got involved in social justice. Cause I was like, nobody with an illness should be hiding it because they're they're in fear of not getting an audition and stuff. But like, true enough at that time when I, when I, was in those two years I was like I came out in the open and I was like I have rheumatoid arthritis you guys can deal with it my phone did stop and I was like okay if this is some if this kind of beast can turn its back on me after I have devoted like my time my integrity lying about my own truth and stuff then I can take off from it and if it's meant to be then it's meant to be and so I started doing my own thing because like nobody's gonna be loyal to you. in yeah. like, nobody's gonna be loyal to you. So I think that's what where all that hecticness came from. And you know what, I'm glad I did it. I am, I'm glad I didn't stay in one city so I could do like maybe four or five more shows and like be financially good. I mm-hmm. wanted like life, I wanted experience. And it's not so much like what I was looking forward to, for me, my life as a person of color <laughs> labels <laughs> and a person who is living with an illness and making life work for her, it's more like, what am I going to be leaving behind, you know? Mm-hmm. And who else can take, if like, even, it's so cliche, but even if one other person can be like, hey, man, like, uh, you inspired me, then that's
0: more what i'm on this earth to do Mm -hmm. just be i guess uh use your stories to to uh help out the future
1: i hope so i I think
0: as as much as you just said so much about labels i think it it really it really helps out because you are such a you have such a unique background uh whether it is Mm. illness or uh, racial as you say mixed race everything it's mm. uh it sort of is such a wide net of people uh that you can help out with this sort of stuff um, <laughs> um and i think like if you go to your twitter and stuff like that there's the the articles and stuff like that about uh, mm. all the roles and uh opportunities that are opening up um yep. for people um and i think it's a a crazy shift at the moment um to be yeah. more inclusive all around everywhere
1: i honestly there was like this whole thing like um ah, millennials done xyz what i was like i love the youth today i love the effect that you guys are having um i i i i, I don't know i think i'm embracing the change because like you guys are the ones who are doing it you guys are the ones who are like no 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 no. hold on wait a minute like if you guys aren't in the projects and being like, I don't see anybody in this room looking like me making decisions about how what we're going to put out there to the masses, you know, um, then there's like podcasts like this. So we'll, and I love the day and age that we're living in because somebody can literally be like, I'm feeling like this. I need some support on this. I'm going to Google it. And like your podcast might come up. It's whoever's podcast might come up. There's so much more like change out there. But it's for the good i don't think it's (laughs) radical or anything i think it's necessary
0: uh i guess just before we uh finish up uh rewind it a little bit just one other role i also wanted to mention uh in resident evil 2 uh Mm -hmm. a a video game role um so i guess how different was uh recording lines for a video game versus uh for a television show
1: I was really, really young at that time. So I'm going all from remembrance. P.S. Rest in Peace, Paul Haddad. I did not know that Leon passed on. Um, So like love to him and his fans. I had no idea like the scope of what I was getting into. All I knew, again, because my heritage is Japanese, right? Like it was mm. like that same kind of like, pride that i felt with metabots i was like yeah i'm doing a japan animation show and then i was like yeah i (laughs) peeps um so it was like a really proud moment it was it was okay so when you're doing a video game um it was very different from metabots because there was no like finished product in front of my eyes that i could see so it was more like the lines are on the page you go inside your head You don't have to memorize them like I did with MetaBots. And you you bring what you can to the character. Um, So it was more like filming. It was more like recording um, a cartoon. Um, But a lot of like screaming and um, lots of like, one thing I can say that's different from doing RE2 then like Saturday morning cartoons was like there was depth. There was so much depth to that character. Um, and there was like an, an emotional intelligence about that character. So um, I realized I was like, Oh, this is not for actors. And it wasn't like, haha, funny, funny. I mean, this is not for like, children, Mm -hmm. actors so like you kind of like go within. i got to use like some of my acting skills um and it was really good it was really meeting. it was really fun meeting like the people from the japanese team and everything it was just like it was a great life experience for me but i had no idea what i was getting myself into and 20 years later here we are talking about it i think it's amazing i still haven't played it i need to play it
0: i'm sure you can track down a copy Nowadays, okay. And, uh, play. I want to play
1: it. One thing is like there's these like um, there's these people who are I hate the word I hate the word fan. Um, there's some fams like family. <laughs> so like there's some fams out there. I'll say that from now on. There are fams out there um, that I want to like sit down and play it with. Like mm. Yeah. If I could arrange that. That's what I would love to do. The fans are what made RE2. <laughs> Um, and, like, the fact that you and I are talking about that, like, it's the fans. So love yeah. to everybody who's interested in all this stuff. It blows my mind. <laughs> blows my mind.
0: Uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you on social media or maybe get involved in some of the projects that you're in, do uh, sure. you have links or uh, company names like that you want to share?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm working on a website. Like, I did not know that people wanted to, like, reach me. I have no idea, so that's why like. I really, really, I'm not a huge fan of social media. So if I don't get back to you right away, just know eventually I will. And I just dropped my earphone. Hold on one second. I'll keep on mm-hmm. talking because I just needed to hear you. Um, you can find me at Crooked Fingers Girl, Internet. Um, you can find me on Twitter you can find me on instagram instagram is honestly like the the one i'm on the most um instagram and then i've got like a facebook that i never check and it's lisa jai lisa j um and then from there we'll be in touch and whatever i've got this really crappy youtube channel (laughs) okay so this is how my youtube channel happened i was in los angeles and people like hey, people are wondering where you are and this and that. Cause at that time I was just like theater, theater, theater. And I'm doing like productions, like straight up of like Shakespeare, and, like <laughs> checkoff and stuff like that. And like, and like getting written up in like the times and like the weekly over there and stuff like that. So like my mind is not on like this and that. And I was like, holy crow, like I owe it to people. Like, like so my friend brought it up on his computer. They're like, yeah, this and that. And I was like, okay. So I incorporated again with like all of my activism about rheumatoid arthritis. So I started this uh, YouTube channel. I would just talk about like my experiences in Los Angeles and like how people like could find me or whatever. And I would talk about rheumatoid arthritis. Like it was like a video diary, right? Mm. No editing, none of this, like intros like, hey, welcome to my YouTube channel. It's just like record bad lighting, rambling unscripted so unprepared um no post editing anything and then anything and it turns out that like people like appreciated that so if you want to check out my really crappy um youtube channel like i usually just live stream there and it's more like a a hangout and that is at crooked fingers girl so yeah
0: got the branding consistent across the
1: I know right look like, well with the with the, with that I was just like it should just be called like broke and infamous or retired ass showgirl it was a toss-up it was a toss-up but then I was like no we'll just keep it I think like the kids are calling it platform the same <laughs> I'm such I'm so bad at this like give me a play and I'll like rock the crap out of that anything like promotion or business i'm like no nah. <laughs> i'm s- stupid
0: that's how you hire what other did people I?
1: <laughs> I know right <laughs> people are like how are you a producer I was like money and other people with skills <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about can i ask you about your podcast sorry to turn the, the tables yep. like when did you guys start this I'm like how i can't believe it like Hi, New Zealand. Love you, New Zealand. Like, thank <laughs> you for this opportunity to talk to you. Like, how how did this it's start? Just,
0: yeah, I had a crazy thought. Like, we'd been planning for a while. Hey, we should do some more podcasts. And then um, it was, you know, what, what themes should we do? And. Yeah really it just came down to what did we enjoy the most um and whenever i'm asked about like anime metabots is up there as like top three kind of thing Um, oh
1: awesome well i can't wait till you guys talk to like joe Mm. i I expect that
0: one may go long
1: (laughs) good but um and then like dennis akiyama the referee Mm.
0: open to to get in touch touch. yeah um but, yeah, we, we've started up, obviously, a Metabots one. We've started up a one about Scrubs, a sitcom TV show. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've always done one about professional wrestling. It's uh, probably our longest run. That's, like, eight years long at this point. Oh, my um, gosh. But, yeah, so cool. sort of just spread out and try and introduce Metabots to people who haven't seen it or um, just spread the word about it. Like, I've shown it to my uh, 10-year-old cousin, like, about a month ago, and he still enjoys it. It, it really? still holds up for him. So, so is it,
1: like, a kind of, like, timelessly classic or something like that? It is fun. Mm. I love Japanese animation. I like anime.
0: Yeah, I think it's just something about the style and the, yeah. the, the humor in it. It's just...
1: Exactly. And there's, like, um even though there's, like, some, like, tongue-in-cheek humors and mm. stuff... Um, like there's a wholesomeness about it, like the animation or something. I don't know. It's like a a great escape. Mm. For like a half an hour, you can escape from things. Who else are you guys looking to get on the podcast? Is there Joanna Vanicola? She played the prince.
0: Uh, I Uh. think, yeah. I've just tried to reach out to pretty much anyone who has an active Twitter account and, Mm, mm -hmm. and just try and get replies from people um okay. always open like uh um uh our last guest we had on was like hey if you want anyone let me know and i'll try and get in touch with them yeah and everything. me too it's pretty much anybody who was uh involved uh Part in the, the show. show um always oh, keen okay. to have on have a chat
1: well i think it would be i can't i can't remember the the main character's actor's name but like wow she was incredible like she could for a female to to do that pre-pubescent you know (laughs) boy voice wow that is amazing actually here's a little insider information i actually auditioned for that but i am horrible at playing like the boy voice um and so she got hired she's good she was good to watch I appreciated watching her in the studio it was so many years ago I can't remember her name that's so disrespectful you would think I'd come on here a little bit more prepared but Joanna Benicola is also somebody who played the snooty sort of like rich kid with like the blunt black haircut so I think I might I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do but it's good that you got Joe he's going to be a fun fun interview
0: (laughs) Yeah, we just got to wait for filming to to find a gap in this film. Mm-hmm. Busy boy.
1: That's good to be busy during these days.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, thanks a lot for, for coming on.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.